Hello and welcome to another episode of Gumbo Live. Here's your host, BJ from Board Game Gumbo. Hey, Board Gamers, BJ from Board Game Gumbo here, back in the Gumbo Pot. It's episode number 144, Gumbo Live, the number one Facebook Live talk show with the 588th Night Bomber Regiment dedicated to board gaming. Our special guest tonight, it's Liz Davidson, Beyond Solitaire, and the designer of the upcoming Night Witches. That might have been a little inside baseball there. Hey, Seth Stewart checking in. What's up, Seth? Thank you for checking in. We're going to be interviewing Liz in a little while. So if you have any questions, make sure you check in with us on that. Hit us up on social media or on Twitter or on Facebook at Board Game Gumbo. I'd like to see a lot of questions for, for Liz tonight because she's got a game coming out with uh, Fort Circle Games that I, I'm excited about and I want to talk about. We'll be looking for all of your questions in the chat crew, but let's get right to our special guest. Liz, welcome to the show. Hey, it's going to be on. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, yes. Fantastic. I'm, I'm so excited. We had Kevin on uh, a couple of months back, and I'm a big fan of uh, Fort Circle's games. I think they are one of the preeminent uh, niche publishers in that he's going to give not only a quality game, but also a quality production. But we're going to talk about that in a little while. What I really want to talk about is, you know what an elevator pitch is, right? You go in an elevator and you annoy someone with what you have to tell them about yourself? <laughs> give us the <laughs> elevator pitch, but not an annoying one. <laughs> Here's the elevator pitch. Who, uh, is, who is Liz Davidson and what is Beyond Solitaire? So I'm Liz Davidson. I know all about being annoying because I'm a high school teacher. I teach <laughs> Latin. Um, so I both annoy and am annoyed constantly. Um, <laughs> oh, but uh, I, I also have a YouTube channel called Beyond Solitaire. Um, I cover uh, solitaire games. So um, I do game reviews. I do tutorials. If you have played Too Many Bones and watched the Gearlock Guides from Chip Theory on their channel, I did those too. And uh, I've also now started becoming a game designer. So Night Witches is a game that David Thompson and I co-designed uh, and we've had a grand old time with it so much so that I've got other design projects going now because I've caught the disease so we'll just kind of see where that leads me over the next few years. David Thompson is prolific. Speaking of prolific I went to a prolific uh, well I guess that's a terrible word for an English teacher but uh, I went to a board game convention called Southern Board Game Festival but I don't want to talk about that one because Steve and I have talked about it already. A buddy of mine Andrew Buckholtz told me that he saw you at SD Histicon he did, and we had a great time. So SD Hiscon was fantastic. So this past weekend, I went to San Diego. I got to see all kinds of people that I really wanted to see. I didn't get to play very many games, but I also never sign up for many games at cons because, okay, so for a solo gamer, you, know, you might think introvert uh, <laughs> sometimes, but at cons, it's like something just lights up and I want to talk to everybody. And so I actually don't play that many games because I'm too busy running around talking to people and it's just talk, 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 talk all. Weekend. Are you a feed off the energy of other people when you get to a convention? I do. I, yeah, there's something about, like, I get really just, like, completely filled up on other people's energy. It's very great. And then I get home, and I'm like, <laughs> So I've got a buddy of mine that comes with me to Gen, or when I used to go to Gen Con, and he used to always be what I called my battery meter, because he's he's an introvert. I'm an extrovert. And he's yep. like, the problem with you extroverts is that you guys don't realize. We know when our battery gets full. There's a big green meter that goes off. It never goes off for you. And then you just go, and you crash so my his job was to keep me from crashing because in all honesty like i'm getting tired it's late at night uh, i should mm -hmm. be going to bed but there's an excitement and energy in the room and boom i'm back in and we have to be careful about that right 
No, not for a weekend. <laughs> do what I want. Then I went back to school on Monday and I was like, I'm dying. <laughs> so so what so for the people that don't know, what is SD Histicon? So SD Histicon is run by um it's Harold Buchanan has an organization um, that is SD HisCon, and there are several online cons. Uh, the one in San Diego is the their preeminent in-person convention. They also added one uh, that was in the East in Rhode Island this year, which I didn't get to go to though, which sounded fantastic as well. Um, they are also very interested in opening up historical gaming to more people. So SD HisCon makes a concerted effort to bring in really interesting designers and bring in really interesting people to talk about stuff, but also to bring in, you know, a more diverse crowd to try historical games, to try war games. Uh, They are affiliated with the Zenobia Award, which I'm also part of. uh, And they give out an award called the Summit Award for Innovation in Game Design. And I'm very, very excited about um, what will win that this year. Yeah, I'm not there, sure who the winners. We had some yeah, nominations. We actually covered it. Uh, I'm lucky enough to be on uh, the SD Histicon's um, press release schedule. So I've, I've covered it every year, as, at least since I've uh, found out about it. And I saw last year Red Red Flag over Paris won, if I remember right. But this year, there's some pretty good games. Some pretty good games on the list. They're all Bond good. Company second edition I've played. Uh, Votes for Women I played. I own both of those games. I love Votes for Women. Uh, Steve is also a big fan. I haven't played Fire and Stone and Stonewall Uprising, but I've heard a lot about them. You, so I've not you allowed Fire to say St- which of the four year is a favorite of yours? Or? Um, I'm not going to say anything because I actually really like them all. So Fire and Stone, I really appreciate it as a design, but I'm not a two-player gamer. Okay. Um, and I thought that Stonewall Uprising was very cool as well. So if you have not played that one, you should. But they're all worthy. I mean, they're really, really good games from really lovely people. I personally like every single person on the nomination list. So, yeah, these are good people. Absolutely, of good people. Let's bring our friend Steve, the name father, and Steve. What's up? Hey, BJ. Hey, Liz. Thank you for fighting through the sleep. This is uh, appreciated. <laughs> teacher, have you here. teacher to teacher's mm-hmm. spouse. Yep. So we're we're covered in in teachers here. There's there's one downstairs about a uh, hundred feet from me right now. So. Uh, excellent yep lots of teachers so i come from a family that has a lot of teachers in the in our, our background steve i guess uh you've been teaching for a while Edu- yeah education is the family business uh recent graduate of our daughter from college and our son in college and my wife's an elementary school teacher and i teach in college so it's 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 a uh, rich it's a rich vein in this steve, I'm, this I'm going off script yeah there you I, go. I normally ask the guest at this point because i i hear something like Oh, I love to play. I was in choir or I play the guitar. Mm-hmm. And then I always ask my favorite question, right? Oh, oh, another musician. What's the connection between musician and mm-hmm. board gaming? But in this case, we really have. I mean, there's a lot of teachers that you and I have encountered. Yes. No, teacher gamers are like show. a thing. I know. It that's is what absolutely. I was actually. She so- anticipated the question. This year is, has been amazing for me because my neighbor, like I got it. So I have an adjoining classroom and one of our Latin teachers switched over to teaching English as a, as a foreign language because that was what, what she felt called to do basically. But I got a new neighbor. There's a new teacher in there and he's great. And I'd actually already met him on Board Game Geek in this one player guild. Oh, okay. Because mm-hmm. I recognize his name from some like Latin novellas he's published. And I wrote and I was like, hey, are you the guy who does the Latin novellas? And he's like, yeah. And so we chatted a bit. And then years later, he's now my neighbor. I'm super happy about it That's because beautiful. I can go to work and talk about whatever I was playing. And he actually knows what I'm talking about. And mm-hmm. he does Latin 
fantastically and he's a great yeah. teacher so like everything is just great like perfect <laughs> so the question is why though what's the connection between teaching and board gaming there's a lot of them teachers librarians educators professors doctors teachers are nerdy in general like i also know teachers who are cosplayers and teachers who are into just even stuff like just teachers who are really into marvel or teachers who you know what i mean i feel like um you know this teaching guy. teaching and nerdiness know, go together yeah. And yeah. so, you know, then board gaming, I think, is just a subset that teachers kind Are of teachers embrace. good rules yeah. teachers in board gaming? Yeah, I would say so. Not this one. Not this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the ex I'll be the exception that proves the rule, but yeah. So I know I how to be patient when other people aren't listening to me when I'm trying to teach them the rules because mm -hmm. it's my life. One of the yeah. guys in the gumbo is Mitchell, and Mitchell is a teacher uh, in the next uh, pair system. And he's a, he's actually a good teacher, but he's one of those teachers that's like, I'm going to teach you every single rule because that's what I like. He, he likes to know every single rule. And I'm like, is that a teacher thing where they have to cover every rule? Because it doesn't seem no, like it. No, being a teacher is being responsive to your students. You got to read the room mm -hmm. and then figure out what mm -hmm. they need and then do that. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, Jake, that's Jake agreeing that I'm not a good teacher. Yeah. Oh, really? Steve, I've always yeah. loved your philosophy that the first time that Steve and I play a game together, yep. he always talks about this is a pancake game. It's a pancake game. First, yeah. First pancake out of the out of the pan is never right because the pot's not up to, to steam yet. You know, it goes that to Toby, right? To the dog that it gets right to, to the dog or the chef says, I'll eat that one. <laughs> but you just basically you're already get just just pour another one. That's it. So, you know, I don't have to know every single rule. The first game, I'm not worried about whether I'm going to win or not. Mm -hmm. It's fun to win, but I'm not that worried about it, especially if it's a game I know I'm going to play more. Maybe it's if it's the only time I'm ever going to play the game. Sure. Tell me everything. But if it's a game right. that I know I'm going to play more now, let, let's let's see. Let's pull some uh, switches. Let's push some buttons and see. Tell me the rules as we go. I love the Paul Grogan method of teaching he's going to give you what you need to get started and then he's going to slowly yeah. drip 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 give you rules what's what's your method of learning games liz what's your favorite way Ooh, besides um, watching gumbo live and me and steve talking about games other than that so basically i kind of have like a combo method so i'll typically read the rule book then i'll watch a video and then i'll read the rule book again so it's like I read it and I know what I had questions about and then I go see it in action and then I read the rule book again to see if things snapped into place. Okay. And then rule I'm ready book sandwich. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I like the best because I like to have my own sense of what I'm looking for before watching a video mm -hmm. so that that way if it's dragging or whatever, I know what I'm not looking for. I can go over to something else. Right. And we okay. could talk teaching games all night, Steve. This is a board yeah. game show, right? True. BJ from Board Game Gumbo. I've got my guest here, Liz Davidson from Beyond Solitaire. I've got Steve in. And Steve's played a game recently, Liz, that mm -hmm. I am very curious about because I love Carcassonne. I'm not as good as, Jay, as, as DJ Bell at playing Carcassonne. No. Uh, or Eric Most Buscemi, are another one. Yeah, Eric and uh, Jay are Cark Sharks. But this is one that I'm really interested in, Steve. What, what, but what is Mist Over Carcassonne or Carcassonne de Mist, if, if I'm reading that correctly? It is the co-op version of Carcassonne that just came out. And uh, so it has a, a it can be soloed um, or you can play it co-op. Really? A solo yes. Carcassonne? Solo Carcassonne. Well, that and one I think it I has win. the the ghosts in the mist are the pandemic diseases that come out as you place your tiles. So okay. you're constantly fighting to, to manage the ghosts on the board. There are limited supply. Run out of tiles, you lose. Run out of ghosts, you lose. It's kind of, it's got a pandemic-y feel to it but it keeps the best stuff of Carcassonne. And perhaps the one that is the hardest for people to or new players to get is the idea of the farmer. 
the laying the farmer down in the field is a tough one for people to wrap their heads around with scoring. That's right. kind of gone from this, but you've got the cities, you've got the roads. And uh, the way you manage the, the ghosts coming out is that you're basically playing to get to a point total. But when you score your features, you have the choice of taking those in points or using that instead of scoring to get ghosts, ghosts off the board. So you have to, you know, choose, well, we're way behind, but the ghosts are, you know, starting to run away with this. We need to manage the board. Um, and if you can't, and just like in regular Carcassonne, you want to keep your cities to yourself. Here you want to do the exact opposite. You want to leave room for somebody else to join your city. Because if you can score the city and both of you are in it, you both score at the same time. You get all full points or one of you can score points and the other one can take ghosts. Was that, really was that a design. hard adjustment for you? Because there's a lot of car sharks out there who want to set up cities and steal yeah. other cities. Was that a hard adjustment? It wasn't a hard adjustment because all of the same things that you're trying to avoid, you know the strategies of someone trying to get onto your city. Now you want to do those strategies. You want to leave room for them to be able to do it. So you, you might have to have, you know, you want someone to build a city two from where you are. So you can fill in and find the one that makes it so that you're, you're sharing that city. It wasn't a hard flip. Um, but I want to say it's not hard. This is actually a pretty hard game. We played it twice, Luke and I did. Okay. And we got we got one rule wrong. I should have gone back to the, the drawing board. Jake's mm. right. I'm not. You should have texted Jake's. Liz. I should have texted Liz, or had you know, like Jake said, had <laughs> BJ teach the game. Yeah. Um, right. But then it gets the first layer of it is pretty straightforward, and then it adds things that are like the equivalent of the monasteries. And it also adds a cemetery that you have to manage like a monastery so that if you can enclose the cemetery, which is going to draw ghosts to it. Is, is that what have, we're looking at right there on that? that uh, I'm trying to, you're probably, you're looking at the, the big center tile in the middle is a four by four tile that is the starting point for the city. So that's like the opening for the city with two roads coming out of it. Oh, there's okay, not, okay. there's not a cemetery on there. You'd know it when you see it because it's, it's spooky and, and creepy. But if one? you can fill up and, and score the, and basically deal with the cemetery, you have closed off that problem, but you have to bury one of your meeples in there. You lose oh. the ability to play that meeple for the rest of the game. <laughs> I like that. So it gets it gets harder, and it's it actually is pretty thematic. It it sticks to things. It, it's Carcassonne, but in a very different vibe. Well, I don't, and you wouldn't see the ghosts there because you've got to build out the all the right. different villages and everything. So I'm assuming there's a mechanic that brings out the the ghosts as they come. If out. you look at the areas that are in gray, that's the mist, and those have ghosts printed on them. As you put them into play, ghost, uh, the little uh, meeples, ghost meeples come out and go on to those, those um, areas. So you have to fight them off. Liz has been very quiet. Is she, is Liz I don't know not anything about a, this game. I'm just listening. Is Liz there not a go. fan of Carcassonne? Are you, are you a fan? I mean, I played it forever ago. It was fine. Right, right. Mm -hmm. It doesn't it do like make my heart leap with joy or anything. It was fine. No. And it and it doesn't play solo until this, as far as at least I've never seen anybody play a uh, Kark solo. But mm -hmm. um, I have always enjoyed Kark Zone because I've played with people that are pretty cutthroat, and I don't mm -hmm. mind a cutthroat game if it's if I know going in that there's going to be some serious uh, player interaction. How, Liz, how do you feel about player interaction? As, as long as you know it's coming. Um, if I know it's you... coming, there's certain games where I really like it, and then certain ones where. I mean, it's okay, so I'm superstitiously avoidant of trash talk. Ah, unless we're pulling Obsession, in which case you have to pretend that you're being catty like Maggie Smith. Um, <laughs> I'm an Obsession but, uh, fan, Steve. This is perfect. I love Obsession yes. very much. Uh, but, like, 
I, I actually do enjoy player interaction. I don't ever review games like that typically because you know solo, but I, I do have friends, shockingly, and I do play games with them, also shockingly. Uh, <laughs> but you know, my favorite game that was a multiplayer last year is probably Alex Knight's Land and Freedom. It's about the Spanish Civil War. It's published by Blue Panther, and it is a three-player semi-cooperative game where you're playing as sort of spanish republican factions against fascism so one of you is the communists one of you is the moderates and one of you is the anarchists and you're all trying to like make sure that you're the government that will theoretically come out out on top if you survive but you're also trying to defeat fascist forces on the on the board and it's so mean and the things that you can choose to do it's such a stark choice between doing what you need to do not to lose together and also doing what you need to do to win um and so i I really enjoyed it, except that David Thompson is a dirty communist who made us a lose. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Melissa wants to know what's the name of that game? It's again? called Land and Freedom. Land and Freedom. So I'm hearing semi co-op for sure, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I enjoyed that one because it's fun to be like, no, no, I'm totally helping everyone out. Bam. No, I'm not. Ha, ha. You know, it's just, it's very yeah. entertaining. <laughs> da- David makes an extra semi. Uh, indeed. <laughs> but I've also, you know, I've played it at game nights and stuff. And people just, it's really funny after the first play, people, you know, want to play it again typically because you get whooped by the fascists and then you want to try to fix it. But maybe your selfishness will keep getting in the way. I don't know. But um, I like that it's cutthroat mm-hmm. because it really plays on your own human nature as somebody who both wants to win and is anxious about it and as somebody who realizes you you have to do something together too. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Semi so co-ops are a tough one. Um, you know, there's, there's, it's people have to know going in how we're going to do this thing, and and sometimes somebody can tank it. You know that that's um. Well, actually, Lena Freedom is also interesting as a semi co-op because it does something that makes it harder to know whether you should just say screw it and try to like mess everybody up. Okay. Because basically, the way that you win the game is by putting tokens into what's called the bag of glory, and then you pull them out at the end to see who people actually voted for. But there's some uncertainty in there. So even if somebody's got more tokens in there that doesn't actually mean that they're going to win the game. So you could in fact be the very best helper and like get the most stuff in the bag and still not win the game. If other people have been fairly competitive. Mm. And so I think that's the key that hidden information, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, Mist over Carcassonne, is that available now or is that still? It is available now. Yes. It should be available now and you should be able to find it for um, high twenties, low thirties at ballpark. BJ from Morgan Gumbo, I've got my guest here, Liz Davidson from Beyond Solitaire, talking with Steve. And we, we, we talked about a Carcassonne game, but during the, the conversation, we started talking about semi-co-ops. And I want to talk about one that's out on GameFound right now. And it's definitely semi-co-op. It's called Chaos Cove. It's a game by Martin Wallace. And Ape Games is, is publishing it, but it's really being directed by a local company to us, Hutchu Games from right down the road in Houston. Uh, that's Woody and Adam. They've been on the show before, Steve, Woody and Adam, when, mm-hmm. they, came, when yeah. they came on with Plunder Bun. But they've been big supporters of Southern Board Game Fest, have been coming every year. And the kick, the uh, game found just went live today. It's already about 50% funded for, for, a, for a new company like, um, like Hutchu Games. That's, that's fantastic. They, they don't get all the publicity that a lot of other people are. So I'm happy to throw them a little bit their way. Martin Wallace, I... I kind of have a you know i don't want to say i love hate i don't i hate any of his games but i don't love all of the games so i was definitely interested in playing it because i gotta admit every time i play a martin wallace game i i I get kind of excited because there's usually some twist that i hadn't thought of some weird thing like 
oh, let's do a train game and throw zombies in it. You know, there's always something like that. Liz, are you a fan of, of Martin Wallace games? Do you, do you have? I couldn't find any that you've reviewed. But Steve and I were just doing a quick chat, a check. Yeah. Well, Martin Wallace doesn't do a whole lot that would be right in my wheelhouse, but every time I play a Martin Wallace game, I have a good time. Hey, we've um, got Adam from Hutch Your Games in the chat. Thanks uh, for joining in, Adam. We're talking about your game right now. <laughs> so, um, you know, basically I'm always looking for, you know, um, more solo-oriented games, and I associate Martin Wallace with stuff that i mean i guess there's australia but that one i didn't love the theme so i didn't do much with it but like i played a study in emerald i had fun with that mm -hmm. uh i thought Discworld was really good but it just doesn't fit what my channel oh yeah That's is about Steve, i mean he loves that game it wouldn't stop me from playing it is a, a fine game i really enjoyed that one a lot um mm -hmm. so i mean i've i've had good experiences with martin wallace games and i saw his name i thought oh that should that should do well it's a martin wallace game but um you know i, I don't have extensive i mean he's got a deep catalog i haven't played it much more deeply than those games well steve um, i'm like i'm like maggie i i, I want I'm, i get attracted by themes even box covers you know will just get me and the theme of this game is really cool so pirates we've got a lot of plunder we've we we're, we've got a lot of rum we've been enjoying our private little island we're probably getting close to retirement we're all anim anamorphic animals by the way but <clears throat> instead of just regular pirates and in fact it's too nice out there because the pirates and the barbarians have to come into our island in our beautiful little uh, chaos cove, and they're gonna—they're just gonna muck with us and try to take over some of our places. And that's what this game—that's the theme of this game. So automatically, right off the bat, you know, I'm—I'm I'm interested in the theme. We—we're semi-co-op because at the same time, like you were talking about Liz with that other game, those two areas on the on the top and the bottom—they're actually in the left and right when you're playing the game. Yeah, Th those represent. The pirates or pirates come in to attack you, and the uh, barbarians come in to attack you to Lyland. So you got to deal with those every round. Over the course of the rounds, everybody's got to take care of those attacks because if the board ever fills up at the bottom, a la pandemic style, if there's no more room on the bench like challengers to put to put the pirates or barbarians that you didn't deal with, everyone loses. So the you know you don't want to just run over the last player because the last player is just going to dump on you and say, "Oh yeah, we're all going to lose." But where 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 I really thought the game shined and what was really unique, you see all those circles over there? They're meant to be sort of like cannonballs, but what they really are are 16 different characters. Picture worker placement, right? 16 Jeez. different characters and all 16 are used in every game, Steve. Wow. How? Oh my God. Mine is blowing, right? So what happens is you split up the characters between all four players, or if there's a you know a third player, it's just it's just those uh, four dead characters that aren't being used. And everybody each round uses the four characters that they've been assigned. Those meeples, though, are actually they have little tiny player bonus powers. So maybe one says, if I go to this section, no one else can go to this section. Or if I go to this section, I'm gonna get some cool benefit. You use those four. And then at the end of the round, Steve, you got to give up those four to the player to your left. So you're going to use all 16 of these characters while you're playing. And look, this artwork is just gorgeous. If you can take a look, it's just, it's, it's really thematic artwork. Now, the, Adam and Woody have been listening to a lot, of the, um, a lot of the feedback. They wanted to showcase the beautiful artwork that you see here. And so you don't see what each of those, each of those areas on the map actually does something. And instead, mm -hmm. they give you a little player aid that you see in the bottom left-hand corner. 
and the player aid tells you what each of those areas do. Some people really enjoyed it. Nick Oban from the Beans and Dice crew said, that's perfect. I want to look at the art and I want to look at my little cheat sheet and I can tell instantly without having to peer across the board at what's going on, right? For me, I like the little cheat sheet on the board, you know? Yeah. I kind of want to know what each space is going to do. So they've decided that they're going to double-side the board. So one side will feature all the beautiful art. The other side will show. I want to say Jamie Stegmeyer did that from uh, maybe Viticulture, if I remember right. One side had all the art and all the names and all the things. And then on the back side, it was just the art. So uh, Adam says, originally it was pirates and barbarians, but it's so confusing. So now it's just pirates and barbarians. No, no, no. I'm still calling it pirates and pirates and barbarians because I love that. So definitely, definitely a little take that, but you don't want to leave the last player behind. You want to, you want to build up your little engine on your, on your player board, basically trying to collect all the buildings and, and, and get all those special powers. But at the same time, you got to make sure that everybody's doing that or else the pirates and the barbarians are going to, you know, ruin the game and lose it. It's, it's an interesting one. It's already 50% of the way funded. Has anything I said attracted uh, you, Steve, Liz, any interest in there? Any questions? It's a Euro. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> what are, what are these, what are these colors? Oh, the colors. Why is it so colorful? <laughs> yeah. This is not uh, a beige of the rage game. <laughs> it's, it's definitely not a city name and it's definitely not a beige of the rage game. Um, this, yeah. this is definitely very colorful. The artwork is just, it's just gorgeous. And uh, there's mm -hmm. a lot of pieces and a lot going on, a lot of resources. So if you like that yeah. resource management, you know, you're, you're going to like that. It, you're going to recognize that as one of the traits that you see. There's Evan. Where's my beige city name? Yeah. Yep. Uh, we, Liz, we do play a lot of games that are just boring brown, and they've got a city name, right? I, yep. tr I try to dress it up, but sometimes that's just what it is. What, what do you think, Liz? Uh, I mean, okay, like, I'll be real. This is not something that I would ever buy again because I buy solo games. Like, But mm -hmm. the concept was nice. You said Ape Games is affiliated with it, right? Yes. As well. Yes. So yes. you know, Pampero was really nice. It looked like I was trading to a really good production. So I trust anything yeah. that Ape has hands on. Hey, my buddy um, Carlos is working on Pampero and Chaos Cove. He's doing the graphic design for both of them. That's that 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 Pampero looks good. It does. Yeah. And I, you know, mm -hmm. I've interviewed the designer and I previewed that one. I thought that was very good. Uh, and then you know, Martin Wallace, if if he um, is your kind of designer, I really, you know. It's a, it's a good, somebody who cares about the quality of the games they produce and a good designer, you know, if it's your sort of thing, then it's probably for you. Yeah. Adam says it's a Europe with some little punch your friends in the face mechanics. Very interactive. So people that say that Euros are multiplayer solitaire, man, Steve, this did not feel like multiplayer solitaire at all. Okay. And I, and I do like the, the, the colorful way. If I remember right, and Adam can correct me if I'm wrong, but Liz, I think there's a solo mode for this one, but I don't know if it's official yet, so maybe we got to get that Kickstarter fund or the GameFound funded to see if that right. that'll come to fruition. But we've got a really yeah, whatever I, you love me, you don't up front. I shouldn't say anything. I, I don't actually know anything on that. But <clears throat> we got Benita checking in. Hey, Benita, what's up? It's a panda raid. Welcome in. Thank you. Got a bunch of people checking in. We are talking. Oh yeah. Carlos is working on the solo mode, still working on it. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That'll be something to keep an eye on. That is Chaos Cove. Go check out the GameFound project. It's up right now. You can check it out. 
Um, it's almost it's, it's first day, Stephen. It's already halfway through. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big day for releases today. Liz, do you get suckered in by colorful art like this? Come on. Honestly, the last thing that really suckered me in, I already knew I was gonna like it because I knew Leader had their hands on it. Uh, but Pablo Clark's um, The Old King's Crown is both oh. ridiculously beautiful and a hell of a game. Absolutely fantastic gameplay. Nasty as hell. Um, and Ricky Royal's working on a solo mode that is just mind-bogglingly mm -hmm. smart. It's uh, funny so you mentioned that because right when we were in the green room before you got in, I said, oh my God, Liz, Liz just looked at um, the, what is it called for King and Crown? Old oh, King's Crown. The Old King's Crown. Old King's Crown. It's like, oh, there's a review on it. I got to check this out because it's a game that I've been seeing everywhere. I've had a lot of people that I know played it, really enjoyed it. So it's it's one that I want to check out. Yeah. Well, I actually don't normally look at crowdfunding very much anymore because I just try to, you know, I've, I've got such a huge backlog. I, I really try to like pay attention to what's already in the mm -hmm. house. But man, last month did I cheat. Um, <laughs> like I almost never do previews and it's just been previews, previews, previews because Old King's Crown has been out this past month. That was, oh man, just a knockout. Um, you know, Molly House is still up. Fantastic. It's, uh, you know, Joe Kelly is a Zenobia finalist and uh, Whirly Gig picked up Molly House. Um, it is a historical game that is about Molly Houses. So think like, um, I guess like gay speakeasies of 1700s England. Mm -hmm. And so you're like having events and trying to find joy in a world that uh, doesn't necessarily approve of all the things that you're up to. Uh, mm -hmm. And Ricky Royals again doing a solo mode. So that's always a theme and things I'm going to like. And then uh, Flame and Fang. Um, just finished up and that was from uh peter gooses and mike kelly who are my buddies over one stop co-op shop i had the pleasure of playing that uh with david thompson actually and uh that was a very very enjoyable play experience uh, mike knows how to make me happy with like flexible card play the crowdfunding projects over the last two months the companies are really stepping up there's a lot of good games out there um, yeah a lot of chatter about molly house like you said uh um i mean cole Worley, the 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 production value is going to be there right it's a, it's a theme we haven't seen before. So that's one I know I've, I, um, I've heard a lot of chatter about on the social. So oh, us, so, there's so many good games out there. So that's why I like to highlight uh, those different games, but you know, BJ for more game gumbo. I've got my guest here, Liz Davidson and Steve, <laughs> we've been beating around the bush, but we really need to talk about this game. I want to tell you something, Liz, that you don't know. Steve has been talking about this game since the very first time it was announced. And, of course, I'm talking about Night Witches. This is not the actual game uh, itself, but this is the only sneak peek that Kevin has on the BGG page. So, Liz, tell us about Night Witches. What a cool theme. Yeah, uh, you know, David Thompson and I had been kind of joking about doing a game together for a while. Like, we became friends because he did Pavel's House, I reviewed it, I liked it, I interviewed him, and then it turned out that we were, like, the only people who are awake at 4 a.m. on a regular basis, just very early morning people. Uh, and so we've just kind of become friends over the years, and uh, we kind of joked about designing a game together, and, like, this was one of the themes that we'd both been attracted to um and then we decided to really do it so actually the first announcement that we were going to work on it at all was on my podcast like last not this past july but the one before uh and that was our first official conversation about the game because we wanted to like um you know really make the whole the whole process super open um so i have an old demo on my channel of like a very early version of the game it's developed a bit since then so i may actually do another tts video soon um david and i've talked to jason morningstar about it uh, mike kelly has interviewed us basically my podcast is where a lot of stuff about the game comes out because 
you know, we're just it's, it's talking about it on my outlet, I guess. Well, uh, I will we tell you, if anybody, if anybody is interested, go check out that interview that Liz did with David and um, and J uh, Jason. It's a fantastic mm -hmm. interview. It really is, Liz. Agreed. You did a good job. Appreciate it. I'm actually really proud of my podcast. I think it's probably the best thing that I do, other than maybe someday game design. Does, um, Panda, does Panda Angel have to listen to it in the morning, or can Panda Angel wait to listen to your podcast, like around, you know, dinner time? So the best thing about podcasts is you can listen to them whenever you want. So. Anytime, right? <laughs> sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, we wanted to make night, which is something that was both a solo experience and like a two player co-op. So yeah, that's the bully pulpit night, which is, and this is not the board game people. This no. is chat crew. This is, this is the, uh, bully pulpit, um, RPG. If I remember RPG. Right, this, right. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. It's an RPG, but it's, um, it does have the artwork and I'm assuming the flavor that did you, did you draw any inspiration from the RPG? No, we didn't touch it at all while, okay. we, while we were designing it. And we have a very different aesthetic goal for the game. Um, so I'll say more when our artist actually does some work, but, um, we, uh, we will be doing our own thing as it were. Uh, but I really, really appreciate Jason Morningstar's work and he's a really thoughtful and interesting designer in his own right. So I'm glad that we both share a passion for the night, which is because is this, an cool. is this an actual photo of the night? Witch? Yeah. I was colorized, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, we, we, we basically, basically wanted to make a game that you could also play two-player co-op so that maybe somebody can play with like a daughter or a friend and kind of get things, you know, get more people into gaming. We, we wanted to design a light, accessible war game that would help people get into historical gaming and have a good experience with it. And so hopefully we're, we're succeeding there. Uh, what, did, but what, what, what about the theme attracted you? I was really interested in the way that the women talked about themselves. So we talked to our historical consultant, Raina Pennington, and we actually had some qualms about calling the game night, which is at all, because that was what the women did not actually like being called. They were like, well, what do you want to be called? Just pilots. We're just pilots. Um, they weren't really interested in like these larger narratives about like, oh, but you're women pilots or anything like that. They're like, no, we, we had a skill. We did a job. We served our country, like that's what we did. And we want people to remember and appreciate that. So I wanted to kind of give that treatment to the subject. Um, and also we thought that doing like a, an aerial, like an aviation game might be really, really fun. So we came up with, we wanted to do maybe do like a bag builder was the original concept. So now we've got a game where you're kind of flying over this hex map and you don't actually know what's underneath you until you get close enough. So you have to pull from an observation bag to see what you've encountered Ooh. and then you have to deal with it. So it's a little bit different every time. Um, we've got it at scaling difficulties. So depending on how well you're doing, you might have to play with like the very spicy bag. Um, but if you're struggling with that, you get bumped out of the normal, the normal bag. Um, little and, uh, in that bag there, Steve, got to be careful. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we've, uh, we've got like a little short campaign um, that you can also play individual missions from. We basically wanted to really serve people who enjoy historical games and war games or who might be curious about them, but who are intimidated by the length or who are intimidated by like too much rules overhead. We wanted to create something that was much more streamlined, as streamlined as we could get it. Um, and then also did not, I guess, hog up too much time. We wanted something that was like respectful of the fact that the people who are playing it you know time roller checking in hey tommy we're talking with liz davidson from beyond solitaire about night witches she's telling us a little bit about the background about how night witches kind of came into fruition and, and some of the mechanics but is this going to be a game that where the mechanics are going to kind of drive the theme or is the theme inspiring you at all kind of bubbling in the brain about how the mechanics want to come out 
Well, we started with a theme um, and then wanted to find mechanisms that would match how we wanted the game to feel. Um, I, like I'm, I think when you're doing a historical game, you have to be thinking about what it is about the history that you want to represent. And so that should drive the mechanisms that you choose. I'm not a big pasted on theme person. Um, that's not what I prefer in my games, especially I think as a solo gamer. I mean, occasionally I like something puzzly, but I'm, I'm very, very interested in historical games and how games can be used to express history. Uh, and so... You know, is this a perfectly historical game? Absolutely not. We had to elide too much to make it very light, you know, to make it the right weight. However, um, it was really important to us to at least simulate some of the feeling of being a night witch. And so that's why that bag building element is there. Uh, we want you to feel the anxiety of what you're flying over and wondering how it's going to go. Uh, the same thing for bombing and evading. Um, you have to draw from a bag. You don't actually know if you're going to succeed in all the things that you're doing. Uh, and then we also have very short recovery times between sorties on each mission that simulate the night, which is having to go back and get refueled, get more bombs, maybe like chug some tea and like head right back out. So Right back mm -hmm. out, right. Yeah. yeah, these women were flying in extremely dangerous conditions. They had no radar. They had no um, radios. They did not have guns. Like, there are no machine guns on these planes. It's just these little rickety little canvas wing planes with some a couple bombs on them. And so they drive, they fly out there and, you know, they have to drop the bombs. It's like mostly harassment missions, honestly. Like, these are not fighter pilots, although there was a women's fighter pilot unit as well in the Russian, okay. um, right. in the Soviet Air Force at this time. Uh, but they would go back, they would get refueled, and they would immediately go out and do it again. And, like, they were competitive with the men's unit next door, basically, sharing the same airfield a lot of the time that was doing the same job in the same planes. So, like, we think, like, oh, there's a narrative, like, these women got these crappy planes because they were women. Actually, the Russian Air Force at this time, the Soviet Air Force, had some issues, and, you know, a bunch <laughs> of these planes had been destroyed. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. <laughs> they were doing the best with what they had, and yeah. so men and women were all were both flying these kind of trainer aircraft and just doing what they could. So the night witches were their job was both basically to be annoying and keep the Nazis awake. And so the game is not about just repetitive sorties, right? But we wanted to create some of the tension of that by like forcing a little bit of choice in how you allocate your time overnight. I and did like how they came up with the nickname though. The 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 they would just fly really low since they don't have radar they don't have any protection they're flying really low and they come screaming in the dead of the night oh no screaming actually what they did was they cut the engine so they would basically get close to target they would cut the engine and they would glide really silently over the target ah. then you drop the bombs start the engine and bail ah. um because <laughs> it was the Germans that were screaming, basically, I guess. Yeah. The, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah that, well, that, actually, Night Witches is their their name for these women, actually. The Noctexan. Right. So that would be just terrifying, Steve. You know, you're you're yeah. sitting there, you don't even know it what, what's about to come, and then all of a sudden this biplane comes right over you and drops a bomb. And then PJ's right about this. This has been on my radar for a while because I was reading a, a book by Kate Quinn called The Huntress, which is a historical fiction book at the same time that we had Kevin and Torion. And they were talking about the upcoming, you know, slate of games, and they mentioned Night Witches. I said, "Wait, hold on. I'm sorry. I was like, what now? Who would yeah. run that again? What, what, attracts <laughs> that what, the, what attracts you to this game? Or to I'm the very theme, interested. I'm the theme was the story. Again, I thought that what Liz had on on the um, podcast was really good because you had the comparison of the RPG, which was more about the stories of the women's lives between right. missions and such. And this is more going to be the sorties that they're they're doing. Um, right. That really intrigued me. The idea of a two player co op game intrigued me. I'm curious about the mechanism. I can't wait to see more about this. Are there are the two players going to be both pilots, or are they going to be pilot and navigator of the same? 
Uh, no, basically, um, each time. plane. We're just assuming a pilot and navigator. So each player will control okay. one cra- aircraft, one okay. crew essentially. And uh, actually, the way you can lose the game is once we have an artist. Please, Kevin, book the artist. Um, we uh, are gonna have. We've requested some crew cards that like depict a pilot and a navigator ah. together, like maybe working on the plane. You know, maybe just kind of hanging out. Um, but you know, looking happy and friendly and excited. Uh, and then when you crash your plane, you have to discard that card and then get a new one. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. Uh, and then when you run Ooh. out of cards, you've lost the game because you're out of cruise. Like you killed them all. Right. Good job. You know, that I like that. I, I mean, you're, you're integrating what's really going on in this wartime into some pretty cool mechanics, Steve. Yeah. Not everybody comes back. Not everybody comes back yet. It's a, uh, it's, it's, it's hitting. It's, it's historical, but still, you're still gamifying. So at the end of the day, you can put it away and 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 maybe get yes. some sleep at night. But I, I do I do like what what I'm hearing about that. What's what's the timeline for uh for you and Fort Circle Games? So David and I are being good. The game is basically designed. The rule book is basically written, and we are about to email a bunch of playtesters and like have people make sure that there's nothing seriously wrong with what we've done. Uh, we are hoping to spend a few months doing that and be done kind of early in 2024, and then it's up to Kevin. Well, I know Blame a playtester in uh, New York City that would probably help you out. You know, <laughs> <laughs> no, but back to Kevin. What's it like working with Fort Circle Games? We really enjoyed our visit with uh, with Kevin and Tori, man. Oh, it's great. I love Kevin. Um, the reason that we wanted to go with Fort Circle for this game was that we wanted it to be specifically positioned as a historical game in that space. Uh, but we also wanted really good production values. And mm-hmm. Kevin just really, really cares about the games that he publishes. He is a perfectionist. He hires a copy editor for the rule books. He is letting us have a lot of input, even though he's been our publisher since like April. You know, he's really let David and me take the lead um, with how we want to run things and how we want to develop the game. And he is just a really nice respectful person who cares about us kind of realizing our vision for the game and then making it as good as he can possibly make it on his end and so we went with him because we trust him to love the game and to promote the game and to not just do like one print run and be like oh well you know what i mean like we wanted somebody who was gonna love nine witches as much as we do steve when i first opened up the shores of tripoli the box is Mm -hmm. so thick and then it it, Mm -hmm. it's satisfyingly kind of eases up and then you see <laughs> you see this historical letter it's been a few years Liz. i'm gonna get this wrong but it's like a historical letter from from um thomas jefferson if i remember right writing about the or maybe it's somebody to thomas jefferson writing about the pirates and i mean it's like instantly i'm into the theme and then you start opening up the components and they're big chunky thick wooden pieces and the board is gorgeous the gameplay is great and the rule book p- practically teaches the game you know, but with, with ease, same thing with votes for women. I mean, votes for women, what a great production. And instead of one historical document, there's like 30 in that box. Yes. Yes. Very immersive. Yes. Actually, um, we have a historical consultant who's going to be helping us tonight, which is like translate some of those documents. We're going to see some little documents in there. There's going to be some little documents. Yes. And then, so this is mostly me joking, but I'm kind of serious. If I can get Kevin to let us put a balsa wood plane in there, I'm just going to die of joy. (laughs) I don't don't know if this is really going to happen. (laughs) I used to build those, Steve, Liz. That's my, like, that's my fantasy. Can we put a toy in there? (laughs) Oh, man. Wow, that would be exciting. You never know. You heard it here first. It might be something we see. Who knows? Um, But. I, I'm I'm absolutely childish enough to want such things. So. <laughs> yep. And I'm I'm thinking so 20 
for man i'm gonna have to start budgeting already because this is a game i definitely see yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm juiced up about it now this is something Agreed. i definitely want to play and i like really good quality two-player games there there mm-hmm. are a lot but maybe not so much on the scale that we're talking about these beautiful really well-produced games steve and i talk about targi a lot we talk about a lot of the little simple 20 30 minute games what kind of time frame are we talking about here, oh, Liz? What's, what's the play time? Oh, short, 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 short. So if you're playing this by yourself, you can absolutely do a mission in 20 minutes. Oh, wow. Um, if you are playing with two people, eh, maybe 30. And you could probably get through the entire campaign in a long afternoon. Mm. Um, so the goal for this is for it to not wear out its welcome, especially because you could. there's replayability because every mission is going to come out different because you don't know what's going to come out of the bag. Um, we're actually also hoping to include blank maps of each size map in the game. There's like a small one and then a large one after the planes get upgraded partway through the war. Um, and so we are also going to put blanks in there. We're kind of hoping that, uh, people who enjoy the game will also send us some challenges to try. Mm, I like <laughs> that. Some user created content, like the old, uh, the old D&D maps. Nice. And yeah, why is... not? Right. Like I'm not. I'm not going to be the smartest person who comes up with the mission. Like it'll be the collective play. So, <laughs> what's it like working with uh, David Thompson? How's that? How's that going? Is is this like a in person type thing, or are we are, are we it's internet online. doing it online? Yeah. So our friendship is now destroyed. No, I'm kidding. That's not true at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, actually, David and I are probably better friends because we design together. So I will say um, it's both wonderful because David and I have a similar working style. And because David's a wonderful person. Um, we both like to get up early. So that's what we do. Like we get up early. We have some crazy early meeting. We designed everything in tabletop simulator. And we basically just communicated really well through the whole process. And before ending each meeting, we set another meeting and gave like some sort of conjecture of what we would do by the next meeting. Oh. Um, so that that way we stayed on track. And the other thing is that, you know, this is my first design, but it's obviously not David's. Like, wow. So... I really appreciated during this process that it still was a very 50-50 process. David is a, an actual partner as opposed to, you know, like he could absolutely have kind of overruled me or pushed me a little bit because I would trust him because he would know more than I would. Um, but instead we ended up having this really fun, like a, a true partnership where we really That's went back beautiful. and forth. And, you know, the game is funny to me because you can see little bits of each of us in the game, but you also can no longer fully tell who's who. Uh-huh. Right. And so it's like a, a full like if we had a child that was a game, it would be <laughs> like <laughs> and, and so like I've been joking, it's been such a good process. Like I've made this joke before, but I've been like my night, which is would never cry at a restaurant, like my little night, which is would like never <laughs> so, and, and, you know, I'm just I'm just being tempted to like make more games by like how nice this experience is. Oh yeah, I would say it sounds like I hope you're certainly not being ruined by the first wonderful experience working with Dave. Oh no, actually I'm, I'm also Kevin. working. It's just inspiring uh, you to do more. I dropped this on my podcast, so I can say it here now. Uh, Ricky Royal and I are working on something together for Oath, and that's been really delightful. Oh, um, mm-hmm. And I'm working on my own game about Nero's mom trying to both maintain political power and survive during the first five years of her son's imperial mm-hmm. rule. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm up to. If she, if he had only listened to her, because she kept saying, "Stop filling around with that. Stop." Exactly. Oh, but man. no, actually, you're you're more on point than you would think. Agrippina <laughs> was politically experienced. She's extremely powerful. She knew what she was doing she had incredible international connections she had incredible relationships built up with the senate with the praetorian guard and her son was a 17 year old little turd who wanted to like 
divorce his wife who was important to his dynastic ambitions and be an actor in Rhodes. Like the fool. So yeah, he eventually tried to murder her with a party boat and failed. Like he literally put her on a collapsible boat because he didn't have the nerve to just stab her already. Um, So then it, it failed. She swam to shore and lived. And then he sent people over to finally stab her. And she allegedly pointed at her like womb and said, stab me right here because this is the womb that bore Nero and like went out like a chant. That is a great story. I'm not so sure I'm hearing game though, Steve. (laughs) Well, the game itself is about trying not to get to this point in your relationship with your child. I know. know. This is is interesting for the textbook, but I don't know about the game. But no, they're not useful. We're I used love to the fact about wind conditions cool rather things. than stab conditions. Yeah, exactly. Stab conditions. Oh, <laughs> those are stabby, stabby stab condi- it's it's always a positive conditions for a stabbing. If yeah. I'm here, here you it's, go. You know, like... it's a stabby, stabby <laughs> about no, I can't wait to hear that. But I, 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 all games in ancient history, I, I'm always into that. So I want to I want to hear uh, more about this one. So keep keep us posted on that. Right. Was there anything and and um, hopefully that's not it's not something like a spoiler or anything. Is there anything that you learned about the night witches themselves that you didn't know that was just so cool? You're just bursting to tell everybody in this game. You know, is there anything? I mean, there's just so many little things about them that are cool. I mean, I really wanted to put an emphasis on how capable and serious they all really were just because I think that's how they wanted to be remembered. It actually makes me really sad that they, you know, Rita Pennington, again, our historical consultant actually conducted interviews with a lot of them. Um, if you want to learn like the full treasure show of cool stuff, her book, uh, wings, women and war is excellent. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I think my favorite part about this particular group, the night witches is that they're the only unit that stays all female throughout the war. And they're proud of it. Um, they're all the other, the other two fem- female units became integrated. Um, but there was one guy that like tried to hang out with the night witches for a while, but they sent um, women's underwear to him oh. and he just couldn't handle it. And quit. <laughs> that is, that's a great, what great way to end the discussion of night witches coming out with four, four circle games. Hopefully we'll see it uh, crowdfunding sometime next year. Yeah. Hopefully we're crossing our fingers on barring a disaster. Yeah. We're crossing your fingers. <laughs> that We get that artist that you really, really want. Indeed. Well, this is a board game show. Liz, do you know what that means? That I'm got, bored and that we're we going to play a game to alleviate it. We got to play a board game. That's right. <laughs> Steve is the master of the board games here. And so I'm going to let Steve take it away. Sure. We have a couple of different versions of games we play, but we bring one back out here now for the first time in a little while called what we've been calling the Jambalaya game. Oh, we've missed the Jambalaya game. Oh, it's been, it was fun to get back into writing these games again. This is going to be a word game. And for the folks who are still left in the chat, you're kind of competing too. So you're going to have to listen to the clues that are being given. And uh, in the clues, you'll have to figure out what's the pun or what's the mashup or what's the rhyme that's going to give you the, the game themed answer to this. Liz is going to hear the clues out loud for the first time, while at the same time you're hearing them. It's going to be a race to see who can get it first. We'll just count up at the end to see. Did I'm did just going to say, y'all got this. the chat or not? It's my bedtime already. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, teacher These, hours. As I said, though, you know, teacher hours. But this is also kind of we we tried to find some things that were Liz centered, or at oh, least. Yeah. Is adjacent, you know, here. Oh. So these are going to be themes that you, you should recognize a lot of what's going on in these. Give Liz that sample that you got. Sure. Let me pull it back up again. So the sample, a sample clue might be um, a favorite bread for deli sandwiches mashed up with a dice manipulation game where you make a D&D style character. 
And if you had to think about that for a second, it would be Kaiser role player. Oh, mashup before and after. Oh yeah, this is, I'm absolute trash at these kinds of games. I was like, but okay, like fine, we'll deal with it. <laughs> well, you got you got time roller, and you got a bunch of other people in the chat that are gonna help you out. We still got we still got a lot of people in chat. So this we we could we could make it a semi co op. We could make it a, a two player game. Liz and the and the chat. actually, I think and... the chat and I should join together in a coup. Join forces. Well, let's do I, that. let's I, just take over board game gumbo, everyone. I am this is our show now. That. <laughs> hey, if the Gumbo Overlord were here, uh, our friend Verla, you would have definitely had a person to help take it over. So, that's all right, true. let's go with the first one. Are you ready for it, Liz? Sure. Understand how sure. The okay, good. One of Button Shy's best 18 card games of city building has been historically pumped up, but this version builds out a map of the influence of one sainted convert to Christianity, famed for his letters to Corinth, Rome, and Ephesus, and more. Okay, so I know what you're going for because it's obviously <laughs> Sprawlopolis and Paul, but I have not a damn clue what you want me to do with that. <laughs> All right, keep just keep saying it out loud. Say it mind. out loud. Yeah. Come up what Sprawlopolis or something like that? Reverse. Okay. Reverse. Sprawlopolis. I don't know. Okay. Like, there it is. I, I think mine's better actually. <laughs> uh, Sprawlopolis? No, Sprawlopolis instead of Polis. Sprawlopolis. Okay. Sprawlopolis. All right. So, Liz, I'm going to make a note of this. Liz, with the extra credit that she's asking for. <laughs> Liz is getting two points on the uh, essay for that one. To get there a you go. Point. All right. So, did you see where Kelly was? Was Kelly behind? Uh, it looked to me like Kelly was just a little bit behind, but. I think that might have been because I hadn't I didn't see Kelly pop up. I put Liz in. I didn't see Kelly's name pop up before that one. All right. You wanna... Kelly got it too. <clears throat> yep, it was close. Do you all want... right, Kelly, we we'll just we'll just give ourselves both a pet on the back there. It's team points. This is it's all team this points. is all gonna be team. That's right, team <laughs> points. All right. Well, I'm typing in BJ. You want to do another one? Yeah, let's go for the next one. This okay. one's a revised. Oh, Kelly said totally first. A revised... I was totally first, actually, but it's okay. A revised well, you know, there's a delay that they're seeing, so on her screen, she was before you said it. So oh, that's funny. I saw <laughs> it's a tough one. It live, and they're they're a few seconds behind us. But as mm -hmm. Kelly said, go team, go team. <laughs> that's the way. I like that. A revised roll and write with a fishing theme. They've updated it. This time, it's about the emergence of a social media platform that has struggled in a big way since Mr. Musk took it over. Since Elon Musk took it over. This social media platform has just struggled and they are redesigning the roll and write with the fishing theme to be about that struggle. What do you think that is? What could that be? I don't know. This it was diabolical. X, fleet, <clears throat> something like that. Fleet as in fleet. Mm -hmm. the, one of the fleeples, what? right? They designed fleet. <laughs> Fleeter? Kelly's, that's, Kelly's that's on the bad. right track. Can you can you just repeat the what? Sure. All right, so this is designed <laughs> by the Fleeples. Yo, I was talking about X slash sh itter and and Fleet <laughs> Dice Game, but I don't understand what you want. <laughs> <laughs> so a, it's a revised roll and write with a fishing theme. It's been updated to be about the emergence of the social media platform that has struggled in a big way since We're Elon Musk took it over. Do you just want tweet? Tweet the dice mm -hmm. game. Okay. All right. Super all right. simple. 
Hey, we're we're one step above rodeo clowns here, Lotus. You don't have to go too deep. Hey, don't insult rodeo clowns. My favorite ever was Quail Dobbs. I'm a little Texas girl. I grew up going to the stock show and rodeo. Quail Dobbs was the best rodeo clown ever. I was him for Halloween once as a kid. I can't think of a single rodeo clown board game yet, Steve. Huh. Liz. (laughs) I didn't know you knew that much about rodeo clowns. Okay, Okay. great. Hey, man. I'm I'm from San Antonio, Texas. Love it. Little hill country. Uh, I'm I'm definitely a city Texan, but yes, we do have hill country nearby. Mm-hmm. Cool. You have to defend the. Str- my, my son worked in uh, San Antonio for a summer last summer. So. Beautiful city. I love San Antonio. You have to defend the stronghold in this fantasy themed co op game that now includes music from an electro pop 2000s band who wrote "Sins Not Tragedies" and played their best at nine in the afternoon. I don't know who that is. Who I is wouldn't have gotten this one because I, I, I mean, I know the band went once you typed it in Steve, but this was a tough one. I so don't I'm know. This it out early. I listen to we... good music. What is this? <clears throat> <laughs> All right. So the mashup, here's a, here's a clue. The mashup will be the first word being the name of a royal. Is it Castle residence. Panic at the Disco? Is that oh what you're going God. for? There it is. Wow. There it is. Liz didn't even need the hit. I just had to think about it for a second. <laughs> Ooh, processing that was, time steve that was that was slick that's Liz, pretty good well on that one i mean dj d- go go back to oh go back up one? to the one that i had bolded that i think is going to be uh liz will appreciate okay oh i missed that one i, yeah. I missed both of these yes absolutely i, d- I definitely want both you, of can, I, you can skip over the next one but oh that, no no that one no, that was no. right underneath tweet the dice game oh i was going to go with the, the one okay okay so let's do that one what yeah. if this roman rulers meditations included a to-do list in addition to his stoic philosophy i love this clue steve this is this is classic the name father right here this is classic is that the whole clue that's it i don't understand the to-do list part i mean obviously you're talking about wars of marcus aurelius or something to do with the meditations but like i have no idea about the to-do list what would that to-do list be it could be like clean the bathroom do laundry Run errands. Chores of Marcus Aurelius? The chores of Marcus <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Liz is too good for you, Steve. Y'all need help. She's, she's <laughs> I'm not that it. kind of doctor. <laughs> she's getting it. That was that was right in Liz's uh, wheelhouse, I think, right there. Yeah, she's getting the rhythm now. All right, let's go. I'm going to save that other one just in case we need it. But um, Okay. Where's the one I wanted to do? Go down to the one under um, Mike Fitzgerald, I'd say. How about two down below that? Two down Where from that? It? Yeah, sure. Go to that one. <clears throat> Mashing up. Have a... like a whole list of these? Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, we're, we're this, is, gonna... this is what I did two days ago instead of grading my papers. You know what? That's a good choice because screw grading. I, I, Just throw I, them down the stairs. It's a I classic stand, I stand by it. I stand by it. Here I stand too. <laughs> Everybody Very Luther. I love it. We're dying on that hill. Ha, have you seen the Luther insult generator, by the way? It's one of no. the most delightful websites of all time. They have like an insult generator and it's just mean things that Martin Luther has said. And you can just hit insult me again, insult me again. Um, my favorite has to be you were like a mouse dropping in the pepper. <laughs> oh, I like that. That's good. Earthy. All right. We're going to yes. mash up. We're going to mash up a game for you this time, Liz. All right. We're going to take a fantasy themed legacy game that takes place in the kingdom of Green Gully. We're going to mash it with the new two-player asymmetric card game about the progress of the pride movement from the 60s to the 80s. 
what game have we created? Definitely something related to Stone Stonewall Uprising, but I don't know what Green Gully is. Mm-hmm. Green Gully. Oh, that might be tough if uh, Liz doesn't. It's know a Green Gully. legacy yeah. card game from maybe five years ago. I I don't know. I don't play a lot. No, of legacy not games. a legacy card game. It's a legacy game from Stonemire. Would that help? There you go. Oh God, is this that horrible thing with the candle? With the candle, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, what was that called? Well, I, I even reviewed it, and th- I did not <sighs> think about the think about the first game. What's the Pride Movement game from the sixties to the eighties? Oh, you're going for it's Charterstone. So it's got to be Charterstone Wall Uprising. There it is. There it is. Nicely done. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. All right, Steve, let's do one more, Steve. And um I gotta tell you, um, I'll never forget. So every time I think of Charterstone, I think of that candle. And then <laughs> I think of have y'all seen that Saturday Night Live like Christmas song where they sing about like giving a candle yes. to people that you don't really care about about on Christmas? <laughs> so like the entire yeah. time I was playing that like little scenario, I was thinking like it's a candle, the gift that we all get and give away. <laughs> <laughs> You got you got make me choose one of the three that I bolded, BJ. Oh man. Oh man. <clears throat> tough call. You, tough you, call. I I kind of have my favorite, but but I could go with the other one. My my favorite would probably be the last one. What what color? Oh, you uh, want one of the bold ones? Yeah, I was thinking so. Yeah. The long one. You okay with that? Let's do or, it. Or do do the one do the one that was right un- underneath uh, Mike Fitzgerald. All right, let me look at that one. Do that one. It's that shorter, one really? shorter. Okay, <laughs> shorter. Yeah, I I have okay. I have faith that this is going to be. I'm tr- <laughs> Liz, I'm not picking this one. This is this is from Steve. It's so like, I mean, I'm bad at all these. I need a hint on everything. So like, <laughs> I, I think this one's going to be this one's going to be uh, either you get it or the the. The chat will get this one based on there that. will be a lot of people in the chat who will get this one. I don't know if I would have gotten that's one, okay, but... they should get one. That's fine. <laughs> All right, Shahrazi is running out of stories to tell the Sultan. Wait, who's oh, Shahrazad? Okay, yeah, I always, I always, I can never pronounce that word. What because I want to sing it like Robin Williams, that's that's how I want to <laughs> sing it, right? <laughs> Shahrazi, that's how I always want to say it. Sherahadze is, however you pronounce it, is running out of stories to tell the Sultan. What a relief when she stumbles across the adventures of Scrooge, Huey, Dewey, Louie, Webby, and everybody's favorite, Launchpad, right? Okay. So what game is that? Sherahadze had a thousand. A thousand and one. Isn't it Darkwing Duck? Is that what I'm thinking? Almost, of yeah, almost. It's got to be a thousand and one nights thing, right? You're you're on the game, but the game has a slightly different title. Yeah, what's the name of the game that you're thinking of? Um, that's where that's the hint there. Arabian Nights, but it's still night. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't understand. I don't not. I don't watch a lot of cartoons, so all I can th- is this is Darkwing Duck, right? Okay. Am I right about that? You're so close. It's a it's a cousin to Darkwing Duck. Oh yeah, I would have no idea. I don't. I'm not a big okay. TV person. Scrap, scrap. Help me, chat, one. chat. What's this cartoon? I'm gonna call it. I don't think the chat's I got think it either. So. Yeah. This is Ducktales of the Arabian. Oh, 
okay. All right, all right, all right. Oh, right. I, I forgot you did have a clue. Might solve a mystery. I'll rewrite you. Okay, yeah, I probably could. I actually know the jingle for that Dang show, it, I but I never watched that. it. Uh, I yeah. didn't. I didn't. I, I was okay. So that. I was a kid that didn't have the Disney Channel, and so I know Nickelodeon shows a lot better than mm-hmm. I know Disney shows. Okay. So oh, the Disney afternoon block, Steve. My see, kids just was, seem to grow up on that, man. I, I feel bad. I feel I, bad I that I picked. I picked unwisely. BJ, you got one more that will end this on a good note. I oh. think so. I think so. Here's the last one. Here we go. Who said that the structure built by the Romans to protect the northwest section of the empire from so-called barbarians to the north had to be so drab looking, Liz? Why? In this game, we're going to line and paste up sheets of lovely artistic patterns to liven up the Britannia side of the masonry. What game are we talking about? So I know it's Hadrian's Wall, but I don't know the other one. Oh, we're aligning and pasting up sheets of lovely artistic patterns to liven up the Britannia side of the masonry. The second one doesn't have to be a game, though. Remember, it doesn't have to be two games. What, Hadrian's Wallpaper? Hadrian's Wallpaper. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb, it's funny. It's so dumb, it's funny. That's a good That's okay. That, I tell horrible jokes when I say it's so bad. I'll be like, well, I told you one of my great little knee slappers earlier. Um not the chat though it's okay y'all can be spared uh but there's also like the ever the ever classic how do you divide the roman empire in two with a pair of caesars Uh, oh Oh, that's a good one oh these were good steve you you you, i i was like okay oh no these are super clever i'm not super wired for them but they are really smart i'm also not great at the new york times crossword puzzle or any of that Mm. like (laughs) i'm great at paper i'm great at like um i'm good at like word games like putting words together like spelling i like puns but i'm not you know these these are these are really smart like i could never write these so i'm impressed by them i could tell you liz i I tell this to steve all the time i would love to be a guest to play this game but at eight in the morning not at eight at night because i've just i would just be brain dead after a long day work i'm always amazed that any of the guests get any of these and and liz got a bunch steve Oh yeah, I mean, definitely. Liz, Liz got a bunch right off the bat. Kind of quieted the chat crew there from even <laughs> participating. She, clipping them, clipping them left and right. Oh, uh, I thought we, they were gonna get me. I, <laughs> and we've got a few for the next guest because some of these are really. Some of these are. Some of these will. Some of them we'll, we'll really keep good. in reserve, but so long as they have the same kind of taste as Liz. I, that's I, I will say I particularly enjoyed chores of Marcus. <laughs> Chores <laughs> and more. I I I went right to that one. Whenever I was looking at the list, I said, "Oh my God, Steve's back! The name Father is back." The chores in the green room after the show, we'll tell you some of the other ones we didn't use real fast before we say goodnight. Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's the Jambalaya game presented by our friends at Game Toppers LLC. Make your game nights a showstopper when you play on a Game Topper. They've got the Kickstarter 4.0 going on right now. I got to visit with Josiah with a game toppers today talking about all the stretch goals there's so many good mats so many good things take a look at game toppers llc we love them over there and they're a big supporter of the southern board game fest and we thank them for it all right board gamers that's it for another episode of gumbo live liz how can people reach you if they want to know more about beyond solitaire or more about night witches what's the best way to reach you Oh, I'm literally everywhere online is Beyond Solitaire. I'm terminally online. Um, I'm on the artist formerly known as Twitter. I'm on Blue Sky. I'm on Facebook. Is it Blue Sky or Blue Ski? Because I like saying Blue Ski. And and DJ Bell picks on me all the time. He's like, God, you're so old. It's not like drink a brewski and scroll through Blue Ski. Liz gets me. Liz gets me, Steve. It's like you're Liz. No, no. Liz, Liz humors you. 
There's a difference between Liz gets you and Liz humors Liz you. Liz went right to my exact thought. It's blue ski. It's your bun. It's your buddies. You just you're drinking some blue ski, and it's all, it's all positive interaction. Oh, uh, but I'm also guy. on YouTube um, as Beyond Solitaire, and that's the yeah. the easiest. Like, I'm, all my videos are there. My podcast is there. Like little updates about whatever I'm whatever dumb thing I'm doing now is on there. Um, well, but I will tell you, if you're a Latin person, I don't update it uh, nearly enough. I used to call it another name that was way cooler, but I have a channel called Dr. D Latin, where I actually have an entire playthrough in Latin of the uh, Untitled Goose Game. Oh! <laughs> I gotta check wow. that out. But I can't, I can't put that on main, because I don't, I don't need my students finding my... I mean, oh. I, actually, I always tell my students this channel exists, but then they think it's so boring if I told them about it that it's not worth going to. Hey, can mm, I also a give a shout out? The interview you did with Dan Thoreau and uh, Jason Perez about uh, Jerusalem or Jerusalem and a Domino. Uh, great interview. Really great interview. L lots of good perspectives there. Steve, I, I recommend it to you if you, if you want to get a chance. I, I like the game I more than you three, I think. Uh, <laughs> I did like the game, um, but um, I, I was I was really – it was it, it, it's a review from a different perspective, Steve. So that's what, mm -hmm. that's what I really liked. Though. It's not just uh, – it's not just uh, here's the aesthetics, here's the gameplay. Blah, blah. It's really deep into the interactions of the game, the history sure. of the game. There's just a, a lot of interesting talk. Good, good, good one, uh, Liz. That was a great one. Yeah, I really appreciate. it. Honestly, yeah. any when people interact with you, it's always wonderful, right? Like we we make these things because we want people to listen and we want people to respond. So I really appreciate it. Well, make sure to like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash boardgamegumbo and our YouTube channel. It helps us get the word out about all of our upcoming shows, including hopefully for our final show of the season, we'll have the Beans and Dice podcast crew. They've had a little bit of health issues. So, Steve, I'll talk yeah. to you about those in the green room even more than you knew about. So there's a couple oh, other things. No. Yeah, so I'll tell you about a little bit more. We'll see what's going to happen on that. Also, catch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash boardgamegumbo. Every other Tuesday night, we're playing your games live on Twitch, and we've seen some of our friends in the uh, in the in the chat from the uh, Twitch stream, I am BJ from Board Game Gumbo, and until next time, for Liz and for Steve and our friends Jay and Verly, even though they couldn't be here, let's have a bon temps roulette.